Hey, I love this series. I love what we're talking about. I love the fact that um, the subject of joy is so real and so needed in our society today that we're going through. Not just happiness, as the series says, more than happy. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Brent Moxie. I am the kids pastor here and uh, been here on staff for about eight years and I absolutely love it. I love to get to hang out with a lot of your kids uh, upstairs and just see them trust Christ and start their journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. But today I get to hang out with you guys and um, love to share just a little bit of my heart of what God's been teaching me and showing me. And I've got a wife, an amazing wife of 17 years. Just a few weeks ago, we celebrated our anniversary. And then I've got, thank you, you can applaud for us, for her, for us together. And then God has allowed us two awesome kids, Jagger and Lola Reese. They are going into the seventh grade and one's going into the fourth grade. And so love my family, love um, everything that we get a chance to do today. We uh, and, and in the future, we do a lot of ad- adventures. We get a chance to do a lot of fun things together as a family. It's our choice to bring our kids along with us places. And my family would probably tell you, my wife specifically would probably tell you that I'm overall a happy person. Things seem be a little, a little happy and joyful. And, you know, I like things to, to go well. And, you know, overall, pretty good. I didn't realize, though, until a few years that, uh, ago that not everybody always feels this happiness all the time that I kind of feel inside. And so as we oftentimes go driving, we live up in the Ackworth area and we're going down, you know, 41 Cub Parkway, going south. And there's a place where you go over the lake, if you're familiar with that area, and there tends to be a lot of groundhogs. Have you guys seen these groundhogs, if possible? All right, so I'll be kind of cruising down and driving. Everyone, it's just kind of, there's music's playing, you know, and it'll be like, groundhog! I saw a groundhog! And as I look over, like, Kirsten's holding her chest, and the kids are like, what's going on? But I'm passionate. I want everybody to see the groundhog, because I'm so excited it might go back in its hole. What if you don't get, what if you're looking down at your device, and you're not seeing the groundhog? So, and then I noticed literally this morning as I was driving here, um, coming down the little windy road um, from our house, I saw like a, a deer and then like its little baby with the spots. And I'm like, it's a deer! It's a deer! And, I, and I'm all by myself in the car. And it's like, it doesn't matter. it's not a performance. It's for me. I'm happy to see these wild animals, these wild beasts as, uh, as I'm driving in the car. And so... Um, same goes like if I'm at an amusement park. Now, I don't know where you land, but Six Flags is not the same as Disney World, people, all right? So two completely different lands, all right? There's this one and there's this one. I like the Disney World side of things, but you know what? Either one are fun. So uh, I did start to notice this a few years ago. My wife, Kirsten, pointed it out to me, and uh, we'll be walking in an amusement park. We'll be going towards like a roller coaster type ride. I can't do, like, let's say we're at Disney World. Can't do the teacups. If I go in circles, you know, things are going to happen. And so that's not good. I can't even sit in my office chair and go around in circles more than two or three times or it's not looking pretty. Roller coasters, bring it on. So, you know, we might go to Space Mountain or so in Disney World. And I'm good walking with my family until I see the end of the line, right? I see where you enter that line. The end is right over there. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I take off shooting towards it. You know, anybody else like that? They're like, I got to get in. And then when I get there to the line, I look back, and my family is nowhere near me. They're like way back there just kind of watching me sprint uh, through the park to get there. I, 
I want to get to the right as quickly as possible, right? That brings happiness, right? I also, when I see it, I don't like all those people getting in front of me. And once I visualize it, i got to get there as quickly as I can to have some fun. And so I know that this is just kind of how it works, right? I know that I just tend to be a little more on my toes and ready to go and to have some fun. So we seem to find joy in the world in a lot of things, right? At Christmas time, we talk about joy. Uh, there's a song, Joy to the World. We sing that. There's, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Well, in my heart. Hey, thank you guys. Good little Sunday school children or something in here. I don't know where you picked it up at, but I don't think we sing those songs much anymore, although we should. Um, however, if we look, we'll find that joy is all around us. It's literally surrounding us every day, living inside of each one of us if you're a follower of Jesus. All right? A few weeks ago, we talked about joy being found in, in Jesus and only in him. So if we take that piece of knowledge and we apply that to our lives, we find joy in everyday situations, all right? inside of every moment. But we first have to realize that joy is more than just being happy. So today we're going to talk about what joy looks like every day, but first I want to talk about what joy is not, all right? Joy is not a personality type, all right? So I got out my, my internet machine and got onto the World Wide Webs, and that's it's a computer, if you didn't know, and I started my research, and I started looking, what are these personality types? I came across the DISC personality profile, and I came across, you could be a golden retriever, an otter, all these types of animals. There's, there's the, the, the uh, type A personalities out there. So all these things, but I went, I went even deeper. I decided to go so deep, finding some personalities that I could relate to and hopefully relate you guys to. And the personality types, there's seven of them, all right? There is happy, grumpy, bashful, sleepy, dopey, Doc and Sneezy. So somehow uh, Disney seems to have got it right because they picked these little guys and their personalities were their names. So these are kind of the personality types. And you know them. Happy is kind of no matter what's happening, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome, right? Um, you skip. You, wi- you might know us, happy people. We whistle everywhere we go. Anybody whistlers in here? Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, people know when you're going into the bathroom and coming out of the bathroom. They know what you're doing because you're whistling everywhere you go, all right? Then uh, some people might have seen the movie Old Yeller. I don't yell a lot. I'm kind of a non-yeller. So I just don't yell a whole lot. That's just how it is. I'm just generally a happy person. That's how God kind of made me. Uh, grumpy. That personality type, nothing seems to go right. Even when it does, it's wrong, right? Uh, there is bashful. These are shy people. You oftentimes don't get a chance to see what they're really thinking. There's the sleepy people, uh, the procrastinators. They, they're probably not in this service. They're going to come to the 1245. But, you know, <laughs> is kind of how it goes. There is, uh, there's dopey. <laughs> you guys know who you are, okay? I'm not... I'm not going to point it out to you guys. And then there is, um, then there's Doc and Sneezy. I had no clue how to work them into a Sunday message. So, Doc and my apologies if you're a doctor or you have allergies or so. Maybe this describes you. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But we'll leave Doc and Sneezy for another day. But uh, so that is some things that joy is. Not. Joy is not a personality type. Number two, joy is not wrapped up in things that bring us happiness. There's a lot of things in this world that bring us happiness. For instance, me, day in the life of Pastor Brent here. You know, there's some things over here that bring me happiness. One of them relies right here. Oh, yes. So I love going to the movies 
taking the family, we all go out to the movies. But basically, the movie is just a vehicle to get this stuff into my mouth, okay? So I, I love going to the movies, but I love even more than that my big tub of popcorn. There's a place right up the street that has uh, unlimited refills, and you had me at unlimited refills. All right, so I absolutely love the popcorn, and I go and I get the butter right on there, and then I take the salt, and I kind of dust the salt around, you know. So, oh, yeah, get that in there. Then I do the whole, you know, the popcorn shake where you kind of shake it around, get it mixed in. Oh, I'm very passionate about this. So um, I absolutely love my popcorn. Uh, I brought these two cups up here to represent something because it would be a sin if there was coffee wasted in these. So this is some of my Starbucks cups I've used this week. Um, my favorite, iced coffee with cream and classic, you know. None of that sugar that granulates down there. Classic syrup. Oh, it's so good. Makes you so happy. Makes you want to get up and go to Starbucks in the morning. Uh, a couple, brought a hoverboard. Anybody have one of these at the house? Yes, this is so much fun. I mean, this brings me happiness. We put this thing down on the ground. We ride it around everywhere, and it gets you from point A to point B. Quite fun. Um, some things you got, let's see, houses. Houses might be something that brings you joy. You buy a new house. You love going and fixing it all up, making it all fluffy and pretty. I don't know what fluffy means. Maybe you put pillows out. I don't know, curtains. Whatever it is that you guys do that get you so excited about fixing up houses. Um, technology. Love technology. My family knows I love technology so much to where when we get something new and it has that plastic wrap on there, they give it to me so I can just peel it off. Oh, Oh, yeah, right there. That's so good. It's so shy. Don't touch it. No fingerprints, right? Got to be careful. But technology, I mean, cars is another thing. You get a car, and it brings you some, some, uh, some happiness. And So those are some things that, obviously, I like a little bit. Uh, you might be into sports. The team wins the championship. Finally, they score the points. I'm not really into sports all that much. You know, I even got a shirt that says, Hooray, sports. Do the thing. Win all the points. Yay. I know you guys are happy, but I... I don't really care. So anyway, it is how sports is, right? All right, the disappointment about all these things that make us happy, all this stuff, is that once they go away, we're sad. We're alone or we're grumpy all over again. See, there's so many things in this world that can bring us happiness. Kirsten and I, my wife and I, were um, talking a number of weeks ago, and we call these things situational happiness. It's based on the situation that you're in if you're happy or not. Now, don't get me wrong. I love situational happiness, okay? I love being happy. I love things going my way and going well. But here's the problem with the situational happiness, all right? Once that situation is not happy anymore, the mood goes south really, really fast, all right? See, happiness is a feeling, all right? It's a feeling we have, but joy is a truth of God, all right, so happiness is just a feeling we have. Joy is a truth of God. Happiness is also an emotion of the heart. We're emotional when we're happy. It's something that is an emotion. But joy is a condition of the heart. It's a condition that the Holy Spirit has done to your heart. That's why it's called one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All right, here for this series, we're defining joy like this. Joy is the ability given by God that enables love, hope, and peace to be believed in and experienced in all circumstances throughout your life. All right, so joy is there. Now, number three, joy is not. What is it? It is a not allowing a situation that happens in your day knock you off your saddle. Anybody in here ever ridden a horse before? 
Anybody in here horse riders? Yeah, like um, I've ridden a horse a few times. One time I did it bareback. Literally thought I was going to die. Like there's no way to hold yourself on. You're going to slide off. You're holding on to their mane, and then they're going crazy all over the place. But the goal of riding a horse is to stay on the horse. Now, a lot of us in life, it's kind of like that. Our goal we want to do is to stay on the horse. But then there's things that tend to knock us right off of our saddle. For instance, in the morning, you're not a morning person, the alarm goes off. Oh, what about when the alarm doesn't go off? That can put you in a bad mood pretty, pretty quick, right? All of a sudden, your mood is south for quite a while. You're trying to get out of the house. You're flustered. You're going all over the place. Bad day because this one situation happened. How about uh, the next one? The, uh, if you're a coffee fan, the barista messes up your coffee. <laughs> That's, that could be a bad day. I, I, listen, I know coffee is very serious to some of you guys in here, right? I'm, I'm married to one of those serious people, all right? Kirsten loves her coffee, all right? I know when it is time to get up in the morning and we're brushing our teeth, it's like, I can't wait to talk to her. I, don't talk to her right now. Don't talk to her. She just needs a few minutes. It's okay. And then once we're done, you, I know or I'm timing it. She goes downstairs. She gets at her real big fancy... Uh, black and decker single cup coffee maker that she's had since college it's like the nine dollar and 95 cent version you know and then she goes to get her gourmet coffee out of the freezer she pops open the folgers and then she uh, puts a few scoops in there i'm telling you people like coffee in our house about four dollars a month all right so kirsten loves her some folgers and her single cup coffee maker once she has the coffee in here she's good to go so i know it's a very very serious thing to you coffee drinkers but man lighten up don't allow a cup of coffee to make you have a bad day right don't allow it to knock you off the saddle that you're on while you're on that horse how about a guy or girl drives too slowly any of you guys, everyone in front of you means, if there's somebody in front of you, it means they're going entirely too slow, right? It might be going down I-75, 285, 92. It might be in the, in the, you're dropping your kids off in the parking lot. Somebody's not going fast enough. And you finally zoom around them. You get up to the next stoplight and about nine seconds behind you, here they come. You know, stoplights like even out everything, right? Everything, everybody stops and all the cars catch back up again. Now, I know this well because uh, a number of years ago, my wife allowed me to buy a scooter, all right? And we put like a name on the side of it. It was like White Lightning. Yeah, this is, this is going to be my scooter. I was going to save the world with my scooter because it was so little on gas. We're going to have so much more money in our pocket. I'm talking this thing is like 55 mile an hour top speed, all right? Now, that's with a good tailwind when I'm going downhill, all right? And you're going and you're like, you're, you're, it's, it's starting to shake a little bit. It's like, whoa! right? As I'm feeling like I'm going a thousand miles an hour, um, and I'm going up the hill coming down 92 on my way to church, and I look behind me, and I'm collecting, I'm collecting some cars back there, you know? It's getting longer, it's getting longer, and I'm like, woohoo, and then they're passing, and I, they're waving and putting all sorts of gestures out the window, you know, and I'm, way, I'm waving back, because I think they're excited for me on white lightning, hey, you know? You can't get too mad at the guy with the helmet that's like, hey, I'm on a scooter, I love to ride fast. I'm going 55 miles an hour. Except for on a hill, it's 45 because I can't go any faster. So um, I love it, though. You know what? And it's just, it was fun. But we sometimes allow those first 
that, that first 60 minutes of our day knock us off the saddle. We get in a bad mood when somebody's going slow. Now, if you're one of those people that have to get beautified and put your face on and do your do and all that kind of stuff, maybe that's the first hour. But then the second hour, you're getting angry, right? And you're causing a bad day for you to happen. If we're not careful, we can let a disappointment make us have a bad day. Don't let the bad situations ruin your day. We'll just throw that out there. We basically categorize our day in one of two ways, all right? It's either a good day or a bad day. Yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. A good day means that things went your way and you're happy, right? But a bad day means things didn't go your way and you're sad or you're angry. Those are the days we say, why God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Weren't you with me? You know, see, there it is again. It's that situational happiness or sadness. It's driven by how our day went. But if you notice, the opposite of being happy is, of course, sad. See, once those emotions or situations are changed and life doesn't go our way, that happy feeling turns to sadness or it turns to disappointment. Here's a quick example of how that happens. You know, I told you about my popcorn over here. Um, I go in there and it's unlimited refills. And so I eat my popcorn. Well, once you get three buckets of that in your stomach, you're you're not happy much anymore, right? You're, you're not feeling real happy at all. Your stomach's telling you that wasn't a smart idea, right? My happy feeling is all gone right there. Coffee, you drink it, it's gone, it's empty. It's like, I need more Starbucks. I can't do anything till I get Starbucks. Now it's a worry. It's, a, it's a, something that you have to put into your day to get that back. Um, the hoverboard, you know? I mean, this is such a great thing. It brought happiness until people start catching on fire and their houses blow up. All of a sudden, you know, yours is one of the 500,000 that got recalled, and you don't want to burn your house down. So it's not quite as happy anymore. Technology, you know, you think about that, that's the same way. It's brand new at first, it's shiny, you love it, and then all of a sudden, the new one comes out next September, and you can't wait to get that, and all you, that's just like a thorn in your paw, almost, right? Houses, same way. We live in a house, about 16 years old, blessed to be in a house with our family and all that, but you know, the both air conditioning units are not doing well. They're leaking. Your hot water heater is starting to produce some type of an orange color in the bathtub sometimes. And anyway, those are all going back. Now this amazing thing that we had, this house that we still love, is starting to cause some issues. It's more, it's more heartache. It's more people you have to call to repair things. It's more money out of your pocket. It's a bigger responsibility. See, these things that brought us happiness now aren't quite as happy anymore when the situation changes. The same goes for our everyday lives. Once we're not having a good day anymore, our happy turns to sadness or anger, helplessness, exhaustion, or just an overall empty feeling. However, this is not the case with joy. If we have joy, true joy, joy that is only found through Jesus and having a relationship with him, if we have that joy, no amount of sadness, anger, or bitterness can take that away from us. All right? Our life must be a pursuit of Jesus. We must have our lives rooted in God's word. We've got to realize and trust that Jesus has a plan that is way bigger and way better than our plan. We must have faith that Jesus is who he is and nothing can change that. There was a verse we taught this summer uh, back in June, and a lot of the kids here at Westridge Church know it well, and a lot of you guys that served and volunteered with us during our surge camp know that Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 says this, 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. It starts off saying, trust in the Lord with your heart. Not your own understanding will you get it. What? Like, we got to trust in God. Stuff we know messes up. We don't understand why this is not working and going well. We've got to trust in God that his plan is perfect. It's way bigger and it's way better than our plan. Now, we get a glimpse of this joy when we look in the Old Testament. So I like the Old Testament. There's a lot of great, amazing stories in here that make good movies or semi-good movies or some horrible movies if they do them wrong. But uh, there's a lot of great stuff in here. And so I want to read to you a verse that comes from Nehemiah chapter 8. Now, before I do that, let me give you a little bit of, a little bit of background of what the Jewish people are going through right here in their world, all right? Uh, they had this promised land. They're in it. Well, now because of this disobedience, they've been pulled out of the land, all right? This Babylonian captivity, all right? They are in, in a place to where they're not living where they're supposed to. King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon took them out of there. Nebuchadnezzar, if I was upstairs, I would have to repeat that nine times so the kids get Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. Everybody's saying it, and they're like, what a hoodoo hoodoo? And then try to tell you guys what they're learning, and you're like, he learned something about a nutter butter? And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, no, Nebuchadnezzar. All right, anyway, so we understand that it's an important period in time because this was actually Old Testament prophecy being fulfilled for the, for the Israelites, the Jewish pe- people, to be ripped out of their land and then eventually return back. The Jews had been ripped out of their land. I mean, it was laid to waste. The temple was destroyed. Their houses were burned. Majority of the Jewish people for 70 years didn't live in their home, Right? This is when the stories of like Daniel and the lion's den take place during the 70 years. This is when the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that happened, them jumping around and dancing in the fire. All that happened, the books of Ezekiel and Daniel were written during this 70 years. But finally, after that 70 years, the new king there, King Artaxerxes, allowed a man named Nehemiah to head on back and start rebuilding the walls. He gave him all the supplies and the people he needed. Uh, He gave him... Uh, some letters that would have them safe passage. Uh, they would go through ups and downs, right? People were trying to stop them from building these walls. There was enemies all around them, sleepless nights with a hammer in one hand as they're trying to rebuild this wall. And the Bible tells us a sword in the other. So I don't, I don't know how that works because I can't even use one hammer, uh, you know, correctly without messing something up. I'm not a Mr. Fix-It, let alone I'm not like a guy that can fence on one side and, you know, build on the other side. It's like, Fencing and building a fence. I don't know how that works, but these guys were exhausted. They were trying to protect their families any way that they could. Well, they did finally rebuild the wall in a record-breaking 52 days, all the way from the sheep gate over to the dung gate. <laughs> I got to say dung in church. <laughs> it's in the Bible. You know, it means you're allowed to say it, I think. How that, that's how that works. So while the walls are done, they still hadn't rebuilt their homes. Um, everything is just laid to ruin still. All of a sudden, Nehemiah 8 Verse 1 says this, All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, which is the teacher of the law, the the priest or their pastor, uh, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, the Bible. And he started to read it. Now, note here, they're outside. All right, the sun's beaten down. It says in the Bible, they read it from daybreak until noon. That's like six hours. Imagine you were in here with me for six hours while I just read. Imagine we were outside for six hours in the heat, 98, 
you know, humidity out there and you're just sweating and you're like, please stop soon, you know? But what's happening is I'm going to teach for another five hours. So put on your seatbelt. Here we go. Um, No, really what was happening here is the Levites there, these other people were um, making the reading happen clear and understandable to the people. They were giving meaning so the people understood what was being read. Have you ever had that aha moment before? Maybe a pastor gives a sermon or you're reading something in the Bible and you're like, I have read that since I was a kid, but I never truly understood it. And then you're like, oh, I get it now. I understand what that means, what God was trying to tell me. These guys finally start to understand. Then they start weeping and mourning. They're now crying. They understand the Bible and it's making them cry. Why? Well, they were falling way short of what God wanted them. But they were also tired, they were, they were sad, they were distressed, emotions were all over the place. They'd been working 22-hour days, protecting their families as much as they could. They were exhausted. So this is everything leading up to this point, all right? They're finally back. All right, now we're, we've been standing here, we've been listening to God's word, we're crying, it's been seven years since we've been home. Now here's the verse I want you to, uh, to catch, all right? I don't know if you've heard it before. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, the first part of verse 10 says, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. All right, so maybe that's not the exact verse I wanted to tell you, but that's kind of neat. Like, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. So I don't know, maybe go get yourself a, a mango sweet tea from Chili's, right? Or, or maybe, oh, a Slurpee. Anybody love Slurpees in here? Now, I've got a little bit going on here. Georgia does not have 7-Eleven, Okay. This is a name brand Slurpee I'm talking about. I got to go down to Florida to get my Slurpee, all right? And I'm a little bit bitter that next week, 7-Eleven's doing that whole thing where it's like buy seven Slurpees, get 11 for free. Like, we can't can't do anything. We're in Georgia. 7-Eleven, come back to Georgia, all right? So I can go to QT, but they've got a Cola Icy. Racetrack at least has a Coke, a Coke, a Coke, a Coke Icy, so I can go there. But anyway, I digress. They're saying right here, go out. Get you some sweet drinks, all right? Go get you an iced coffee with cream and classic. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. Then the second part of Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says this. This day is holy to our Lord. It says, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We know everything they've been going through, right? And now all of a sudden, right here, as they're tired, as they're miserable, as they're weeping, as they're crying, as they're exhausted... The last part of that verse says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It says, then all the people went away. Now listen, they were exhausted emotionally, physically. They were hearing God's word and it was convicting them. But no matter how tired and weary they were, Nehemiah said, he basically said, regardless of how you feel, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not a wall, not your home, not your stuff, Don't we tend to do that sometimes? Maybe we don't have walls around us to rebuild, but maybe our house is kind of messy or we've got four loads of laundry or we've got college to pay for or a job that we're not excited to go back to on Monday. And we we let that dictate our happiness. We think everything is, is, is off. But no matter what is going on around you, no matter what situational happiness or sadness, whatever, stop and grasp this. It's not the joy of food, of vacations. It's not the joy of houses that is to be our strength. It is the joy of the Lord that is to be our strength. 
It's the joy of knowing Jesus came down from heaven to die on a cross for our sins. And when we believe in him, we will be saved. This is what joy is, all right? Let's get on to it, Pastor Brent. Tell me what joy is. Joy is peace. Philippians 4, 7 describes it as the peace of God that passes all understanding. In the midst of everyday life, it's realizing that God is with you no matter what. And he'll provide you a peace that nothing else can provide you. Sometimes that peace doesn't make sense. That's okay. That's God. That's his spirit working inside of us. Here's what else joy is. Joy is strength. We just said it in Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Strength of realizing that he can see you through any and every situation in life, no matter how good or how bad. Joy is love. The book of John, chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus tells us from his own mouth, for God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. I mean, that's the greatest picture of love right there because um, that love, because of that love, we can have true joy in our hearts and in our lives, right? None of this stuff matters. That is what matters. Joy is having hope. The next part of verse 16 says, whoever believes in Jesus will have everlasting life. Whoever believes in Jesus will have everlasting life. It's not might. It's not maybe. Maybe if you work hard enough, if you go to church enough, it's not about that. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. God is still on the throne no matter what happens around us. No matter uh, if our life is long or our life is short. You know what? If you really think about life, all of us in here in about 100 years, we're going to be dead, right? It's a pretty short time on the timeline, all right? Uh, If we believe in Jesus, we will be in heaven forever. My son Jagger asked just a few days ago, we were driving, he said, Dad, will I live to be uh, in the year 2100? Like, well, let's see, you were born here, my mathematical amazing mind worked. And I said, yeah, you'll be 94 years old. He's like, wow, that's a long time. And I said, well, if you think about a timeline, God created the heavens and the earth here. Here's the timeline. And then one day Jesus is coming back here. We're just right in this timeline in such a small amount of time we have on this earth. Then one day, since he's a believer, since I'm a believer, we're talking, since we're believers, we'll be in heaven forever. What are we going to do with that time that we're here on this earth? Are we going to focus on trying to only be happy and not sad? Or are we going to see that true joy comes from Jesus and one day we'll be with him in heaven forever? What are you going to do with that short time that you have here on this earth? Don't let a situation going on in your life rob you of your joy. While we're here on this earth, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. While life is crumbling all around you and a community, a nation is all up in arms, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. When the spiritual buzz of summer camp seems to kind of go away, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. When you go to Walmart and you pick up some of the back-to-school supplies, those markers we're getting and highlighters as we're going to give to the kids in our area that are less fortunate, as you do that and somebody's slow in front of you, stop. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. When you have to go back to school in just three weeks, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. 
That's a hard one right there, right? Mom and dad, as you're like, please go back, go back to school. Kids, let the joy of the Lord be your strength, all right? Don't let that situation dictate how you feel. When life does not seem to be going your way and you're not happy, let the true joy of the Lord be your strength. Listen, sometimes people's every day looks a little bit different, okay? We had the opportunity to uh, lead a mission trip two weeks ago to a place called Blue Skies down in Florida. We invite families to have kids with pediatric cancer to come down there, get out of the hospital, and just relax on the beach for a little while while we serve them meals. And some of those days, my wife Kirsten and I would have an opportunity to sit with those families that are going through pediatric cancer and hear their stories and pray with them while their kids are off having a blast. One of the stories that really stuck out to me was about a dad and a mom who had a boy, his name was Jonah. Jonah had cancer that was creeping up and it was in his leg. They had battled it for quite a while and eventually they did have to amputate the leg for the rest of his life. He would only have one leg without his prosthetic. While they were in the hospital dealing with cancer, they met a family that introduced them to another little girl that was malnutrition, that had not been given a a proper upbringing, and she had cancer. And they decided to adopt this little girl. Now, what's pretty interesting, and coincidentally, her name was Joy. Now, I don't know about you, but it's got to be pretty hard sometimes to find joy at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, that this family did. How do you find joy in, in, in childhood cancer? This family did. Why, as they described it? Through Jesus, knowing that he still loved them, he was going to see them through everything, and one day they're going to be in heaven with him forever in eternity. Do you find joy in knowing that God's plan is way bigger than our plan? Because it's way bigger. He sees everything. We just see what's right in front of us. And sometimes it doesn't look good. It doesn't look happy. But the joy of the Lord can be our strength because he's in control of everything that's going on each and every day. Listen, do you rest in the assurance that joy can still be found? Strength is abundant because joy and our strength is found in the unchanging, unwavering, powerful, loving, grace-filled, mercy-rich, peace-giving God of this universe. I mean, that's joy, knowing that he's in control and we're not. We're going to mess it up. The world's going to mess it up. We're a sinful nature. We look back at Nehemiah chapter 8 for just a second. It says that there was something about hearing and understanding God's word that was powerful. These people were about to experience a revival. God was starting a revival in their lives. A a coming back to God party. These people were possibly, they probably had one of the best hashtags in the history of the planet, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and they had no way to share it on social media. But you know what? We're sharing it now, and we can do that now for them. The right understanding of joy should be a strength of every Christian life. Beyond that, it should provide the strength to sustain us in everyday life. Listen, true joy is not circumstantial. It's not a situation that we're in. True joy is knowing that Jesus loves you and God is on the throne no matter what. Listen, joy is not a mood we're in for the day. Joy is knowing we are saved through the blood of Jesus. Listen, 60 years from now, 
all this stuff's gonna be gone in our lives 20 years from now, 100 years from now, whatever it looks like for you. In every day, we can see God in every single situation. Listen, it takes work sometimes. Although I'm happy and I'm whistling and I'm looking at groundhogs, right? Still, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We're going to have bad days. It is how it is. Sometimes life's not going to go our way. Stuff is not going to cut it. We're not happy. But if we as a church can say our joy is found in our Heavenly Father, in His Son Jesus, who loves us, gave His life for us, was raised from the dead three days later, And if we believe in him, we will have eternal life in heaven forever. Nobody can rip that joy away from us. It's going to be hard sometimes, but the joy of the Lord, that's our strength. That's our hope. That's why we live, knowing he'll be with us and he'll never forsake us. If you'll close your eyes, I want to pray right now to that very real God to Jesus who loves each and every one of us. I know that after we dive into a subject like that, I'm going to have to start changing my answer while people say, why are you so happy? I say, listen, it's not happiness. It's joy. It's the joy that only the Lord gives. I know with a room this size, all these people, folks listening at home, that we're not always going to be happy. We might be going through a tough tough time right now but if we can take all those situations all those circumstances that we're going through and realize we're never promised happiness we're sometimes going to be angry and sad but that's not where our joy comes from our joy comes from the Lord and that should give us strength God right now we thank you that you love us We thank you that you sent your son Jesus for us. God, I pray right now that your spirit moves in the lives of everyone hearing this message right now, God. That you'll show them what true joy looks like. If there's someone listening that has never believed in you, Jesus, that's never given their life to you, I pray they do that today. It can be a simple prayer like, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me and come into my life. For the rest of us that have you in our hearts, Jesus, I pray that they experience that joy and they know that joy is there and nothing can ever rip it away from us. Thanks for loving us. Use this church as we walk out of these doors to bring a hope and a joy to this world that is missing it. We love you and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.